Thank you, Lana Beth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, let's stand and greet one another, especially if you see a visitor. Let's let them know that we're glad to have them here today. As always, we are honored that you are here, especially if you are a first-time visitor. And if you are, if you'd fill out one of the business cards in the hymn right, we'd appreciate it. And if you have any special prayer requests, if you'll list that on those uh, cards and put it in the offering plate, I promise you we'll honor it this week. One of our deacons, Michael Brandon, is going to come now and lead us in prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, to say thank you again for allowing us to gather here at your house, Lord. We just pray that you'll take these sicknesses away that are ravaging through the candy right now, Lord. Just uh, heal everybody's body, Lord. Lord, just be with the service this morning. Be with the children. Allow them to be able to speak your word through song, Lord. Just be with each and every one of them. Calm the nerves and allow everything to go through the way you have planned, Lord. Lord, just be with Herbert in the next hour of service. As he brings the message, Lord, just hide him behind the cross and give him the words to say that you want to put on our hearts. Lord, just be with this country and heal our land, Lord, and just be with the sick, the suffering, those lost loved ones. All these things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, let me quickly run over some announcements with you. I know that you can read the bulletin. There's some changes that I want to mention. Number one, uh, there'll be no youth tonight here at church, but the youth will meet at the church this afternoon at 3 o'clock to go to Palace Point and see the movie The Shack. And um, they're going to be carrying the church bus, so if you would like to go, if you'll contact Amanda, Stan, or Janice, uh, let them know if you would by 1 o'clock. But again, no youth here at the church tonight, but they'll be meeting at 3 to go out to Palace Point and go, uh, and go to see the movie. Uh, also, the Awanas will be meeting as well as the adult evening worship and the deacons meeting at, at 7 o'clock. Uh, handbells will meet on Monday night at 7. Uh, again, we've got three exercise classes during the week. Two new Bible studies are beginning, one on Tuesday night, one on Wednesday morning. Uh, the Praise and Worship Choir will practice on um, Wednesday night, and the Youth Council Parent Meeting will be at 6.30 on Wednesday night, followed by our Kids in Praise practice, our youth, and also the Adult Bible Study and Adult Choir practice. The Easter drama uh, has begun to practice, and that will be on um, Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Please, if you would like to be a part of that, see Tommy Jean Evans. I'm sure she will accept as many volunteers as possible. And please don't forget, next Saturday night before you go to bed, set your clocks ahead. Uh, daylight savings time will begin um, next weekend, so please, again, set your clocks forward for one hour. You'll notice in your bulletin the little prayer guide for the week of prayer this week. This is a week of prayer for North American missions. 
and uh, we'll be taking up the Annie Armstrong offering, which supports the North American Mission Board missionaries. Uh, we'll be taking up that offering through the month of March. Our goal is $5,200. But I hope that you will take time to read about these missionaries and also pray for them. And also, next Sunday, there's a one-day mission trip to the Pillar Church at Jacksonville. This insert's been in your bulletin now a couple of weeks. If you would like to go, if you would see... Um, if you'll see uh, Michelle Clayton, they'll be leaving next Sunday morning about 8 o'clock and spend a day down in Jacksonville. On the back side of that is the Vacation Bible School volunteer form. Our Vacation Bible School is, is such a very important part of the church year and the church ministry. It will be June the 19th through the 23rd, and it will be from 9 o'clock to 12 o'clock in the morning. So if you could help, if you'd go ahead and fill that out, Jenny, and Stacy would greatly appreciate that, and it would help them a whole bunch. And also notice the, uh, the youth fundraiser, the barbecue by the pound. That's going to be on April the 22nd. They ask that you uh, put your order in as soon as you can so that they'll know uh, how much barbecue to prepare. And please don't forget to put on your calendar our uh, spring revival, March the 26th through uh, the 30th. That's only three weeks away. Tim Bowes, who is the director of My Life Matters, will be coming to lead us during that week. Uh, we'll have posters and handouts ready for you by, uh, by next Sunday. The quarterly and monthly devotional material is in the back. And ladies, many of you depend upon Journey. For some reason, we didn't get the full order. Uh, we're still trying to find out why, but uh, we're out of those. But if we get more in, we'll let you know as quickly as we can, okay? This morning, as has been the event for many months now, there's a lot of folks that we want to remember in prayer. First of all, let me uh, mention the families that have lost loved ones. Uh, we have had Ronald Anderson on our prayer list. He lived over in Granville County. But that was the father of Sandra Satterwhite, who many of you know through Roxborough Hospital. But his funeral was yesterday. But please continue to remember that family. Uh, Jeff Norman lost his son, uh, Doug Norman, who lived in Macon, Georgia. The visitation will be tomorrow night in Macon, Georgia, and the funeral Tuesday morning at 11 o'clock. And we would ask you to pray for, for that family. This was very sudden and very unexpected. So please lift them up in prayer. And also, uh, Amy Davis, who has been coming to our church, her dad, Bill Albright, we understand that he died during the night last night. No funeral arrangements, but please, please remember that family in prayer also. Please add uh, Stan Harris's sister and brother-in-law who live in, in Delaware. Uh, they were in an automobile accident last night and, um, and uh, are in the hospital in Dover. Please, please pray for them. It's John and Judy Downs. And again, that is Stan Harris's sister and brother-in-law. At Duke, please remember Lillian Oakley who will have surgery tomorrow and Wayne Solomon who is there. Um, please remember Rick Wilbert, who will have tests done on Monday at Duke Regional, and also Mrs. Mary Zimmerman, Diane Lamb's mother, has been at Duke Regional for the past couple of days. Uh, continue to remember Joe Lee in Salisbury, Annalee Holt at Roxborough Healthcare. Uh, Jean Clayton came home on Thursday from Roxborough Healthcare. Uh, please continue to remember John Riley's mother uh, at Person Memorial, Mary Riley. 
so many folks at home, uh, the flu as well as many other things. Uh, but please remember Nancy Bowles. Nancy's here, but she had some heart tests done this past week. Please continue to remember her. Weldon and Helen Bowes. Frank Briggs is here, but please remember him at home. Uh, Joe Carey, Lisa Brooks, Doug and Linda Carver, Faye Carver, Cameron Clayton, that's Linwood and Fran's son, had surgery Friday. He is back at home. Uh, Lenny Clayton was in Chapel Hill at UNC Memorial this week. He had a heart stent placed, so please remember him. Ibby Clayton, Liz Cole, Elma Clayton, Ricky Dixon, uh, Renee Gentry, who began chemotherapy this past uh, Wednesday. She'll be taking chemo for the next uh, three weeks now for four sessions. Um, Erica Hall, who had tests last week. Desiree Jones, who had surgery on Friday. Wanda Robertson, who had a radiation treatment on Tuesday. Uh, Reverend Brian Hager, Larry Honeycutt, Rosa Mae Lewis, Geraldine Solomon, Dawson Schull, uh, Brenda Stegall, Nan, uh, Nail Suit had a heart catheterization done this past week, and that was good. Uh, Matthew Thornburg, Charles Westbrook, Donna Wilburn, Donald Wilson, Pam Wren, uh, Joyce Wren, Texie Wren, and also Barbara Winston. And I, I'm sure that there are others, and if you would please let us know, we will put them on the prayer list. If there are folks that I did not call their name and you thought that I should have, please let me know. We're not trying to slight anybody. Um, it's Right now, it is very, very hard to be quite frank with you, to keep up with everybody that's sick, and that's not sarcasm. That's just being truthful. Um, so please join with me as we minister to others by way of prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that even though our prayer list gets longer and longer and our needs become greater and greater, God, we thank you that as David said, you're our shepherd and we have everything that we need or we shall not want because our God is faithful and he is ever present with us. Lord, today there are so many needs. Father, first of all, we thank of the families that have lost loved ones. God, how we pray for your comfort God, please bless them, and even in the midst of grief and sorrow, may they have that peace and calm assurance, Father, that you are in control, and that even when one of their loved ones dies, Lord, that you are there with them. And God, we pray for families that will be traveling this week, that you would keep them safe as they travel to be with other family members in times of grief. And, God, we pray for the ones that will have surgeries and tests this week, God. We pray for Stan Harris's sister and brother-in-law uh, in Delaware, Father, that you might bless them as, as they heal from the wreck. And, God, so many, many others, uh, the ones taking treatments, Father, uh, the ones that have had tests or will have tests, God, we just lift all these needs up to you. And, Father, within the hearts and minds of these that are seated in this sanctuary this morning, surely, Father, only you know about some of our needs, God, the things that are burdening us, the things that are troubling us, the things, Father, that we just we don't know what to do. We don't have the strength or wisdom. But, God, help us to turn to you. Lord, help us to know that one of the safest places we can be is in the, in the palm of your hand, in the center of your will, and on our knees before you, Father, lifting up 
and surrendering these needs to you. So, Father, whatever the needs are this day, please bless. Thank you again that you brought us to this place and time to worship you. Thank you, Lord, for all who will have a part today in the service. Thank you, Father, for our children. And bless all, all of our children and young people. Father, as they grow up within this church and other churches, may they come to faith in your son. And, Father, again, we are just so thankful that you have chosen to love us and to send your son that we might know you and we might know eternal life. As we pray together, we remember the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And our verse for this month is Matthew twenty-four forty-two. Let's read this verse together. And this is the words of Jesus. Watch therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. At this time, I'm going to ask our younger children to come down to the front and we'll have our children's moment. Yeah. 
tell you, he was kind of a short fellow, wasn't he? His beard was as long as he was, but he wasn't. What did Jesus say to him? You remember? Zacchaeus, you come down out of that tree because I'm going to your house today. And so guess what? Zacchaeus hurried down that tree and he took Jesus to his house. And Jesus talked to him about following him. And Zacchaeus became a follower of Jesus. Because you see, to be a follower of Jesus, does that make any difference if you're short or tall, fat or skinny, old or young, you can be a follower of Jesus. So Zacchaeus became a follower of Jesus. But you know what's so neat about this? Is that Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house. And you know what? Zacchaeus wasn't like very well about everybody else in the neighborhood. And you know why? He was a tax collector. Now, back then, they didn't have the internal revenue service. They had publicans. That was the name in the Bible, the tax collectors. And Zacchaeus didn't like, people didn't like Zacchaeus, but guess who loved Zacchaeus? God. God did. That's right. And so Jesus, in that story about Zacchaeus, Jesus says one of the most important things in the Gospel of Luke. He says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. And that day, Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house. And that day, Zacchaeus found out about his I just think that's one of the neatest stories, don't you? And it doesn't make any difference who you are. Jesus loves you, and he loves me too. Isn't that wonderful? You guys, I, I look forward to y'all singing, and I want to say a prayer for, for you, okay? Okay, let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you love us all. Thank you, Lord, for the story of Zacchaeus. God, may we let your son come into our homes, too. And thank you that we can let Jesus come into our hearts to be our Savior. And as these children grow up, I pray that they'll come to know Jesus as their Savior, and they'll follow him. And I pray that you'll bless them today as they sing. Thank you, Lord, for letting us come to your house. In your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much. We're going to sing again, and then we're going to let y'all sing, okay? Thank y'all so much. Good morning. If you'll now join us for um, worship and song, we'll be singing hymn 511, The Solid Rock.
the ushers are coming down, would you go back to the beginning of that, uh, that stanza right there? Listen to this. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. So many of our hymns have been influenced by the promise of the return of Jesus Christ. And this is just another example of that. Stan, would you lead us, please, in this prayer? Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to come and stand in your house. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to give back a portion that you asked us to, Lord. Lord, I ask you to continue to be with this church. We look forward to the day that you do return. In your name we pray. Amen.
Christian song? This is Boys Against Girls. And uh, it's interesting when you're down in the Facebook page. All right. Y'all ready? Remember your words?
on the uh, on the DVDs, won't he? Look, y'all, a couple of quick things before I pray. Uh, we have begun a study on the second coming of Christ, our end times, and I believe that you could probably look at some of the passages of Scripture for many years versus a couple of Sundays or months. Be patient with me because we're actually just getting started. I don't know how long this is going to take, and I I really mean that, that uh, I'm praying, I'm asking for better understanding myself of the return of the Lord. I believe with all my heart he's coming back. And, um, And it's time for us to get ready. It might be in our lifetime. It might not be. That's God, God's call, not mine. But here's what worries me that you remember after Jesus had risen from the dead and the women went back and told his disciples and, 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 and they took it. It sounded like they were either joking or like some tale that they had concocted. And folks, I believe even among Christians sometimes we just kind of push this aside and say we can't understand it. And uh, so let's just don't deal with it. And, and, and in essence, we're treating it as if it's not going to happen. Folks, it is going to happen. Jesus promised that he is coming back again. And that's why for the fourth time today, we will look at John 14, 1 through 3. And we'll set the stage for looking at the return of the Lord, okay? Please pray for me as I prepare the messages that God will speak to my heart. And then I will share with you the word of God, okay? Let us pray together. Father, we thank you for the promises of not only your son, but also all of your word. But God, we thank you for the promises of your son because we know that he promised that he would, he would go to the cross and die and on the third day be raised again, and he was. And I thank you that before he ascended back into heaven, He promised that he would come again. God, I thank you that we are people who are awaiting the return of our Savior and Lord and the heavenly King, who is truly the Lord of all and the King of all, God. And I just pray that we as your church, Lord, would be not only prepared for your return, but, Father, we would be busy until you send your Son back. Father, please help in these weeks ahead as we study this very important teaching of the word of God that, Lord, I'll be obedient to you and, God, that we would let your word speak to us. We would let the Holy Spirit of God that inspired the writings of these word and even the promises of your son himself, I pray that they'll fill our hearts and minds. And, God, I pray that we'll make ready. I pray that when people are here that have not yet trusted Christ as Savior, that they'll be challenged to examine who Jesus truly is and and what it means that he's coming back. And I pray that they would turn to Jesus and be saved and be born into your kingdom. And God, I pray for us as Christians. I pray for our church, for all churches, God, that we would be busy about your work, God. Help us not to put it off. Help us not to find other things to do. But God, help us to today, this day, this week, this year, Father, to be making ready for the return of your son. Bless us now, Father, as we open your precious word and hear the word and promises of your precious son. In his name we pray. Amen. Let me again read to you uh, John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. 
And I hope that you have your Bible open to those. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. The King James says, are rooms, are dwelling places, as other translations say. And listen to what Jesus says after that. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Pretty straightforward, isn't it? I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am there, you may be also. For the last two weeks, and we hadn't gotten very far, but we will this morning, I pray. We've been looking at reasons why we should believe that Jesus is coming again. And the first reason was this, and I'm just going to quickly tell you this. The entire word of God deals with God's holiness, man's sin, God's plan of redemption through Christ, and that redemption includes the coming again of Jesus. You and I, our redemption is not complete until the Son of Man comes back, the Son of God comes back and takes us to be with him forever in the place that he has prepared for us that is called heaven. From the very beginning of the word of God to the very end, there is a promise that God will take care of his people in sending a Savior, in him dying on the cross and taking our sins upon himself, in him being raised from the dead, And his coming again. Don't you see that God's plan will be completed when Jesus Christ comes back again for us. And as the word of God closes in Revelation 22, three times Jesus says, I am coming, I am coming soon. And folks, our belief in the second coming is based upon the fact that our God does not lie. And whatever he or his son or his word or the Holy Spirit tells us, it must come to pass. So the word of God and the plan of God is one of the first reasons that we believe that Jesus is coming back again. The second reason is the promises of Jesus himself. In each one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus promises that he's going to come again. And you remember last Sunday especially, we talked about how how all of the things that Jesus predicted would happen during his ministry, they happened. And let me just quickly give you an example of that. Jesus told Mary and Martha that he was the resurrection and the life, and then he went out and raised Lazarus from the grave. Jesus promised his disciples that they would go to Jerusalem. They would be, he would be betrayed by men. He would be beaten. He would be killed. He would be buried. He would rise again on the third day. All of those things happened. And folks, throughout his ministry, he promises what he will do. And here in John 14, Jesus promises his disciples that he would go away, but he would come again. And he would come again to take his children where he was. So folks, I want us for a few minutes this morning to examine these, these three verses, John 14, 1 through 3. And Jesus is going to teach these disciples where he is going, how they could go with him, and how they would or could get there. And first of all, in verse 1, Jesus said, You believe in God, believe also in me. 
The Living Bible translates that phrase, you are trusting God, now trust in me. And so Jesus says, first of all, don't be troubled about what is ahead. I'm going to take care of you, and I've got a plan. And then in verse 2, in my Father's house. And, you know, I think it is very important for us to understand that just as in the Old Testament, and even today, the church represents the presence of God in this world. But there is within every human heart the understanding that God has an abode that is above this earth. And I'm not just talking about literally above it, but God has his own dwelling place in what you and I know as heaven. I believe that even in the Old Testament, the people understood that. Why else would David say in Psalms 23, verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Some Bible scholars think that David is talking about being in God's house, the temple, but I believe it is much more than that, dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. And so I want you and I to see that to Jesus, heaven is a real place. Heaven is not a product of religious imagination. It's not pie in the sky, but heaven is the abode of God. And when you get to Revelations chapter 4, and I would just, all of the, the Bible is headed toward us being with God in heaven. But as John is given the vision of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, where they are in Revelations chapter 4, God is in heaven. He is enthroned. In chapter 5, Jesus is there at the right hand of the Father and he is enthroned. And folks, the picture is of Almighty God and his Son who lives and dwells in a place not distant from us because he is with us at all times and Jesus lives in us and the Holy Spirit is here with us. But his eternal habitation is heaven itself. It is a real place. And the Father and the Son are there. And all of the angelic beings and all the heavenly beings and all the folks that have gone on before us. But listen, how does the Bible describe heaven? And let me just give you some examples, okay? In the Bible, heaven is described as an eternal kingdom. Listen to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 11. So there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Heaven also is described as an inheritance for the Christian, 1 Peter 1, 4, and to an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven For you, heaven is also described as a country and as a city. Listen to Hebrews 11, 16. But as it is, they desire a a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. And folks, when you get to Revelations chapter 21 and 22, there is that new heaven and new earth and it is the holy city that God has prepared for his people also heaven is described and we've already read this in 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 chapter uh, 14 of Luke a home for the believer and it's chapter 14 verse 2 okay a home for the believer and also my father's house It is a home for God's children. Remember again, John said, As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the children of God. 
Who would not provide a home, a dwelling place for their children? And folks, in the Greek, the word that's translated mansion or home speaks the truth and importance about there being abiding places in heaven for you and I. And Jesus is going to prepare that place for all the believers who have trusted him as Savior. And that place will be beautiful. It will be beautiful not because of how big it is, but it will be beautiful because we will be in the presence of the Lord forever and forever. And again, does this, does this seem like a fairy tale to you? Folks, I'm just reporting to you out of the word of God and from the lips of the Lord Jesus himself. God has done all this for us. And folks, you think about all the chaos in our world today, all that is going on. Aren't you glad that there is going to be a place of love and joy? And let me read to you out of uh, Psalm 16, verse 11. Look at this verse on the overhead. That is, show me the path of life in thy presence. There's fullness of joy in thy right hand or pleasures forevermore. Folks, listen. That place that the Lord has prepared for us is a place that one day we will be because of what Christ did for us on the cross. And folks... We've got a lot to look forward to. Don't get so entangled in this world. Don't get so wrapped up in it that we're not preparing ourselves for the heavenly home that God has prepared for us. And listen to what Jesus says in in verse 3 of John 14. I will come. I will come again. Let me just read some notes to you out of the full life study Bible. As surely as Christ went to heaven, so he will return from his father's presence and take his followers to be with him in heaven. Amen. Amen. To the place that he has prepared for them. And folks, that is not only the hope of those early Christians, but it is our hope as Christians today. And folks, we must understand that the ultimate purpose of Jesus' return is that believers can be with him forever. And beginning next Sunday, we're going to further be instructed by the Apostle Paul about what this expression, I will take you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. We're going to learn more about what that means. And folks, how long will we be with the Lord? Well, David said, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? Forever. And Paul's going to tell us in 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, and so we shall always be with the Lord. And so, folks, listen. The Word of God promises it. Jesus promises that he is coming again. Let me give you, let me give you three more reasons, and, and then we'll probably have run out of time, okay? And these, these other three are not going to be that long. But not only does the Word teach about the second coming of Christ Jesus promised that but the testimony of angels it's very important to understand in Acts chapter 1 verses 9 10 and 11 as Jesus had spent those 40 days with those disciples after his resurrection he was taken up from them into heaven listen to these verses and again folks I hope I hope you're, 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 not because I'm telling you this, but because it's in the Word of God. I hope that you're writing these verses down. You'll go back home, you'll read them, you'll examine them. Most of you already know these things. But look at this. Luke tells us, when he had said this, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. 
And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes. And listen to what, and again, I'm assuming these are angels, messengers from God. And listen to what they said. Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Now listen to that, folks. If this is the word of God, it's going to take place, correct? And let me point something out. God's not going to leave us clueless, okay? He's not going to reveal everything to us, but he's going to give us enough. You see, we're still people of what? We're people of faith. And we can't see yet what God has got prepared for us, but we know because of our faith, we know that it's going to happen. But I want to tell you, there are going to be other evidences of what Jesus or what these angels have promised those disciples. And and one of the first places you and I are going to go next week is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 where Jesus will come in the clouds to rapture the church out of this world. Now, why will he do that? Because the angel said in Acts 1, 9, 10, and 11, this is the way it would happen. Isn't that beautiful? Folks, this is not a joke. This is not an accident. This is all according to the plan of God. So the third reason we can believe in the second coming of Christ is the testimony of the angels. The fourth reason is the vision that God gave the Apostle John, the book of the Revelation. And let me read a couple of verses to you out of Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, uh, excuse me, verse 1, Revelations 1, 1, verse 7, and verse 8. They'll be on the overhead. Listen to this. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show to his servants what must soon take place, And he made it known by sending his angel to his servant John. Then verse 7. Behold, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye shall see him. Everyone who pierced him, all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. Now, folks, let me tell you something about verse 11. And again, I don't fully understand everything, folks. When Jesus comes back on the cloud... According to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he's coming back for the church. And the church is going to be taken out of this world. And people are going to be standing around trying to explain it away. I can, if it happens in our generation, I'd love to hear Wolf Blitzer in the Situation Room explain why people are gone. And I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I'm just trying to say the world, they're, they're explaining God away and all these other things. But folks, at that time, as I understand it, in 1 Thessalonians 4, when the church is snatched out of the world, the non-believers are going to just, well, I wonder what happened. But in verse 7, in Revelations 1, the world that has rejected him will see him in the clouds. Every eye will see him. Everyone who pierced him, all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. And John writes, even so, amen. And then God says in verse 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is the one who was and who is the Almighty. Folks, let me just quickly give you just a couple of notes on those three verses, okay? Verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation discloses future events. Future events concerning the the rapture of the church, 
the tribulation period on earth after the church is taken out. And again, y'all hang with me, folks. Let the Spirit of God just help you put this together. We, again, cannot fully understand it. But God's going to triumph over evil. And Christ will return first to get the church. Then he's going to come back to reign on the earth. And God's eternal kingdom will be prepared. Folks, listen. History will end in the judgment of Satan's system in the world. According to the book of Revelation in chapter 17, 18, and 20. And in the eternal reign of Christ and his people in chapters 21 and 22. In verse 8 where God says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. And, and probably all of you know this. In the Greek alphabet that the New Testament was written in, the first letter in the Greek alphabet is the Alpha and the last letter is the Omega. And God is using that to say that he is eternal from creation to the end of human history. He is Lord over all. And the final victory belongs to him, not Satan. And God will rule and evil will be put down. One of the greatest summaries of the book of Revelations I ever heard was Adrian Rogers. Years ago, he said as he was, he was preaching on the radio... Someone asked him to sum up the book of Revelation in a few words, and this was his response. We win. We win. We win, folks. And I'm not just bragging that we're on the winning team, but what I am saying, Satan and evil has had its day, and the King of kings and the Lord of lords will come back, and he will establish his kingdom. And there's a fifth reason, and this will be my last one, and and I'll close, okay? Another reason we can believe in the Holy Spirit is the test, and the second coming is the testimony of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, as Baptists, we're scared of the Holy Spirit, aren't we? We don't want to seem different. We don't want to seem fanatical. But let me remind you once again in Matthew, excuse me, in John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus promised after he is taken from them, he'll send the Holy Spirit. When you and I become a believer, the Holy Spirit is put in us. Correct? And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not saved, okay? So you need to take inventory, okay? But but let me tell you, there, there are many things that the Holy Spirit will do, but one of the things that the Holy Spirit did or does is inspire the writers of Scripture. And when these men like Paul, like John and Peter and the other New Testament writers speak of the coming of Jesus again, they are speaking under the influence of the Spirit of God. And if we read it in the New Testament and it says that Jesus is coming back, it's not only the words of Paul, John and Peter and others, but it is the word coming from the Spirit of God himself. But there's a second thing that I want to point out, okay? And that is, as believers that have the Holy Spirit in our heart, we know there's a place beyond this life, don't we? Now, now think about this for just a second. I just want to give you a couple passages of Scripture. Romans 8, verse 15 and 16. Listen to this. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of sonship, When we cry, Abba, Father. 
And folks, as you know from studying the word of God, this expression, Abba, Father, is what a small child would say to their parent, Daddy. And there's something about being able to trust your father, isn't it? That your father loves you and your father is going to take care of you. And you see, when we become a Christian, when we trust Jesus as our personal Savior, not only are our sins taken away, we're put in new relationship with God. We're no longer an enemy. We're no longer sinners that, 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 that are going to be judged because of his holiness. We become his children. He becomes our heavenly father. And listen to what Paul says in verse 16. It is the spirit the Holy Spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Amen. Folks, here's the thing. Don't believe me. Believe the Holy Spirit saying inside of you, Jesus has prepared a place for us in heaven. Paul knew that, and Paul was greatly influenced by that. How else could Paul say, for me to live is Christ and to die is what? Gain. How else could Paul say to be absent from the body is what? To be present with the Lord. But folks, listen to this verse, these verses. And and I'm just about finished, okay? Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. This is in the NIV. NIV, listen to this. Where would you say your residence is? Thank you, Cindy. Thank you very much. But if somebody came up and you said, where do you live? You'd say, I'd say 101 Poplar Lane Road, Rockborough, North Carolina. Proud of it too, amen? amen. Just seeing if y'all are still with me, okay? <laughs> but is that your eternal home? Absolutely not. This burial site back here behind the grave, where, uh, back here behind the church, where I'll be buried one day if Jesus doesn't come back before then, that's not going to be my final home, y'all. That's not your final home. That's not the home of those that have died in Christ. Why? Listen to this. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to read that verse in the next verse, verse 21 out of the Living Bible. Listen to this. I love this. But our homeland is in heaven where our Savior The Lord Jesus Christ is. And we're looking forward to his return from there. When he comes back, he will take these dying bodies of ours and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same mighty power that he will use to conquer all else everywhere. Folks, listen, our stay on this earth is temporary. Thank God we've got a heavenly home. And that heavenly home is not something that we deserve. And it's not something that we built for ourselves. It is something that the Lord Jesus Christ has built for us. You know, in the coming weeks, again, I ask you to pray that God would speak through his word and through his son. God, there's, there's so much... There's so much that the Lord wants us to learn. God has got so much for us in store. We can't imagine at all how great it's going to be. And I'm not here just trying to make you feel happy. I'm just trying to tell you the truth, okay? And folks, 
let me, let me just quickly say this, and I'm finished, I promise, okay? When we, when we study things like this, why is it so important? Well, you and I must understand that now is the time for the lost to turn to Christ Amen. in repentance and faith. Now is the time for Christians, for the church, to be found faithful in preparing for his return. Amen. And now is the time to believe the word of God, that Jesus is coming again. Amen. Let, us, let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I pray that you would be uplifted and honored as we have studied these passages of Scripture. And God, remind us again that it's all about faith. It's believing not only that your son came to earth and died on the cross and was buried and was raised on the third day, but that he also is coming back and he's going to take us home. God, thank you for these years that we spend on this earth because in many ways they're so meaningful, Father, to, to know you and to serve you, to be a part of your church and to be loved and to love others in the name of Jesus. But Father, help us to see how important it is that each day that we live, that we would live for your son and we would be filled with the spirit of God. And Lord, we would take each day as a gift and we would use the gift of that day to serve you. God, we pray for many that we know that have not yet come to faith in Christ, that they will come to Jesus and be saved. And I pray for we who are Christians, I pray for our church, for all churches, God. Help us not to be apathetic or lazy, but help us, Father, to be busy about your work. And Father, if we're here when the trumpet sounds and you call us out of this world, we'll just praise you and thank you, Father. And we praise you and thank you, Father, that if that event doesn't happen before we die, we just praise you that to be absent from the bodies and be present with our Lord. Father, in these moments of invitation, as you speak to hearts, I pray that if anyone makes, needs to respond publicly to commit their heart and life to Christ, to be saved, Father, whatever it might be, I just pray that you would lead that to be done. And may it be done for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Our hymn this morning of invitation. And decision is number 500, trust and obey. As God leads, would you respond? Let us stand.
also a time of refreshment and also a time of uh, fellowship and also we encourage you to pray for us coming through these times. So God bless you. Thank you.